is going on everybody welcome to another episode of not rocket science this show that talks about the intersectional relationship between technology business and culture how is everybody doing hope you are doing well i'm doing better than last week last week i was uh under the weather and i'm coming out of it now still got a little bit of a head cold those always are no bueno, but better than last week. Um, yeah, New York City subway system during the change of seasons does not agree with me. I always sit next to the person who's just, <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, hope you're doing well. This week's going to be a short one because this week is very busy. Um, it's the lady's birthday next week so i'm doing this now on a friday night and i think going forward sometimes certain weeks i'm just going to do like more of a thought of the day kind of episode rather than a more of a long form kind of discussion here uh so yeah this is one of these like thought of the day kind of podcasts um and the thought of the day today is around data That's right, data. It's in the tech world, it's been all the rage for the past decade or so. I mean, come on, how many of these marketing automation platforms to see all of your marketing channel analytics in one platform? There's a million of them, and there's going to be a million more. But point of this is to not rant about marketing automation software. It is to just talk a little bit about the, I think, trap companies sometimes fall into when it comes to being database and having it be part of their company ethos. We uh, use data-driven insights to iterate on our blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Every company loves being data-centered. Every company loves it. It sounds great, doesn't it? We are data-centered in our approach. Our data-centered approach provides solutions for your customers and blah, blah, blah. blah. You know what I mean? All that good stuff. My favorite one being the uh, those shirts sometimes you see with people and it's like, data rules everything around me. Dream, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. We're making a pun off of Wu-Tang Clan. It's so cool and cute and funny. <laughs> Those are extra special if you haven't seen them. But anyway, point of all this is, you know what? I agree. I agree with all of you. Data's great. It's great. It's awesome. But I think in a lot of ways these days, is it a hot take to say it's kind of boring? I don't know. 
I find it kind of boring. The process of data insights these days, I find not very interesting. Not because we're using data. Nothing wrong with using data. But everything's the same thing. Everyone's on GA and maybe... You know, if you spend more money on your product team, another data platform like Amplitude or something. And then you have your marketing analytics, you know, social analytics, Facebook, advertising, all that. Anyway, you have data, you got all these sweet charts, right? You got these awesome looking charts and graphs and they're all color coded. And it's like, we did well here. And then the thing goes up, we did better. And then we did really bad here. Anyway, yes, you know what a chart is. And then you set up your, you know, customer segments, you set up what you're tracking, the journeys you're tracking, you set up your, you know, your conversion pixels if you're talking more with marketing. Um, if it's more product analytics, you set up whatever flow or whatever user journey you're trying to track in your product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. And then you see it. You make decisions, you talk about it, you change things, you A-B test, you blah, 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 blah. And uh, you go from there until you move on to the next thing that's more important. That seems to be kind of the process, definitely on the marketing side. But the thing is, is no one talks about, well, not no one, I'll get to that in a second. But in the marketing world, no one talks about why these analytics are happening. It's like you talk about the numbers, you pivot off the numbers, and the reason why so many marketing teams that I've seen internally are always in scramble mode, always look like everything is a disaster, is because they're always reacting off the numbers. They're always essentially playing defense and reacting to what they're seeing, and what they're seeing is happening, and it's real, but... What they're using to see what's happening does not explain why it's happening. And uh, on the product side, this is kind of figured out already. Um, There is the entire world of UX research or user science, which is a hot new buzzword, um, that has been around for a little while now and at least tries to answer some of these questions by balancing the quantitative with the qualitative. So let's say you have a project, you have your analytics set up for your, you know, you're tracking customers, new customer acquisition, let's say. Let's say you are an e-commerce company and your focus is getting new customers because you realized you're capped when it comes to retention and you, you realize there's an opportunity for whatever reason for new customers. So you go and you do your thing to get new customers and you want to see on that initial journey where people trip up, right? Or if they trip up or what they do just out of curiosity to see if there's any opportunity to, you know, iterate and enhance and amplify the experience. So you test it. You let it run for a while, um, the data that is, you know, do, let it do its tracking thing so you have a significant sample size. And then you look into it and, in, you know, GA, you can kind of see every step that an individual user goes through based on click tracking and, you know, key areas that you guys 
strategize about what you're going to track on the interface, what you're not going to track, etc. And then let's say, for example, the wacky insight you find is that you, your expectation or your assumption is when people come in, they're going to add to cart off of the list pages, meaning list pages, meaning, um, the pages with lots of products on the page with little cards, product cards, and like add to cart buttons. And your assumption is people are going to want what they want. Um, let's say it's something that isn't like the most interesting industry in the world. And, uh, they don't need to know so much about the product. There isn't a big like discovery phase. It's just which one has the best deal, right? That's your expectation going in. Let's say it's like, you know, food. Let's say it's like mustard and condiments. I don't know. Um, ketchup. Right, and they're on these mustard and ketchup pages. You would expect them to add to cart off the list page and then go to checkout. But let's say the data tells you they're going to the product pages. You know, so that's like a key insight that's data driven. That's all good. But you still don't know why. There's nothing in that data that's going to tell you why people in mass. Are doing that now you could go to the website you can audit it you can kind of put yourself through that same journey and sometimes it's really obvious sometimes you know there's a certain reason like a key detail that is being left off on the list pages that you see on the product pages something like that and uh you know when that happens it's all good it's fair to make that assumption that that's the reason maybe maybe not because that's usually a correlation not the cause but that's a whole other subject but um in most cases that might seem okay it might be okay but other times it's not as obvious and you could bang your head against the wall looking at your damn mustard product detail pages and they look pretty boilerplate nothing too exciting there's no special detail that you think people might be going to Maybe there's some allergy information, but there's no way thousands of people all care about the allergy information, right? Um, there's nothing really about shipping on those pages. There's nothing um, that leads you to believe that there's any real reason everyone's going to the product detail page. And then you think about maybe they don't realize they can add to cart off the list page. Maybe the add to cart button isn't prominent enough and blah, blah, blah. And you roll through all this stuff, right? All these situations in your mind. But even still, it's all internal. It's all mothership making assumptions, drawing conclusions, etc. The ingredient that you have in the product design and creation development process that you don't have so much in marketing is the user science, user research. Now, when you see that pattern and you are a product team, the thing you do then is you reach out to customers. You reach out to these people. You user test these flows. Actually, you do that before you even build the page, but um, it's all kind of part of the same branch of study, if you will. And uh, But it's really like reaching out to customers, monitoring them. You, you can also, also use tools like Hotjar, um, etc. But... But for me, what I notice is the best insights tend to come a little earlier, 
and tend to come from talking to people in real one-on-one interviews where you get the emotional reasons or for what their intent is to come to your website and use potentially your service. And you do this before you even build the damn thing. So so they don't know your secret evil plans for what you're building. You might not even know your secret evil plans. And this product discovery part is really what you do to kick this project off. And then all the analytic and data set up for the quantitative side of things gets factored in afterwards. And this is a way to get kind of deeper insights so the uh, super conglomerate corps of the world like Uber and Amazon and Facebook, etc., can make crazy shifts in what they're building and have actual reason to do so. You know, these are kind of where the key insights are unlocked on the product side. It's this user research discovery process. However, that process now seems to be coming a bit more homogenized. Every company's kind of doing the same old, same old. So then to me, it's like, how do you stay ahead of the curve? If everyone's doing that too, how is the next great discovery going to get unlocked? And I get what places like Y Combinator say, how, you know, in the startup world at least, most startups fail due to internal execution, not competition. I get it, and I think they're right in what they monitor. But the thing is, in industries that are highly, highly saturated, I don't get how if everyone's doing the same process when it comes to their data, how everyone's going to win. Because people, customers, can only give so much of a shit. They can't give a shit about every single company, right? There's going to be winners and losers in a quote-unquote red ocean market. Um, Red ocean means just lots of competition. So yeah, maybe in the Silicon Valley startup world, that's true. But in the real world, which is not Silicon Valley at all, so much so they made a TV show about Silicon Valley, competition can definitely matter, especially in e-commerce business, especially in low-margin e-commerce businesses. So to me, it's like when everyone has the same process, how does anyone stand out? just a copycat industry it's like fashion everyone's doing the same thing how does any company or any brand become you know special in some way shape or form so that's where i'm at with data i feel everyone's just copycatting each other process wise everyone's kind of doing the same thing i'm definitely wrong on that when it comes to certain companies but i'm talking about by and large that's all i really care about but one thought that i had from all this is like okay so now you got your product team doing their thing with the data balancing the qualitative and the quantitative trying to create real insights from that but then where does that leave marketing because one thing that i do now is i don't give a shit about just talking about product or just talking about marketing in vacuums to me the missing connection with all this is the fusion of the two and the merging of the two and having the two being on the same page that is where every company i've ever worked at has failed in no matter how many resources no matter how many you know tech giants are backing them they all suck at it i haven't found one company that's good at it yet 
And I think the bigger the company is, the more likely they suck at it, other than maybe certain, um, you know, little small side projects here and there maybe. Um, I'm sure there's some startups that are good at it, but companies, at least I'm just talking anecdotally in my experience, every company I've talked to, every company I've worked with, every company I've worked for, all suck when it comes to marketing and product being on the same page to the point where it's a known issue that employees talk about. And there's individuals and companies that try to, you know, take the extra step and make it better. But I'm talking about as a collective whole here, not individuals. Um, You know, again, organizational coherence. So I think taking UX research and throwing it into the marketing world on a much higher level is an approach and strategy that could definitely work um, as far as helping at least on the marketing side of things because I think there's a huge opportunity for growth there. I don't think marketers really... They they are looking at the customer experience. If you look at any marketing article for best practice for e-commerce, blah, 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 it's the same thing as a UX audit. It's just worded differently and it's coming from a place of marketing persuasion rather than um, providing optimal usability for, you know, user inclusion and things like that. Different places, same result. Um, But on the research side of things, I'm just not seeing as much user research, longitudinal studies like diary studies, um, user interviews, contextual inquiries in the marketing world. And I think it's ripe for the damn picking and we'll take your marketing team and put them on the next level styling on the competition um and i think it's a matter of time before it happens i'm trying to get buy-in on that on my side but it's just my thought of the day putting more ux research in on the marketing side so when you see all your facebook funnels and all that stuff you have an idea of why it's happening not just what is happening you're not reacting and playing on defense all the time but then the other thing is I've been really getting back to language learning. I'm trying to get my Spanish a little bit better because it is sorely lacking. And um, it's kind of eating at me that, you know, my gringo ass just speaks one language. So I'm learning Spanish. And what's cool is how when you learn a language, what you're really learning is how to learn in another way. It's how to get out of your own headspace and really think in a different way and express yourself in a foreign way that's totally alien to you at the beginning. So this is some abstract, hippy-dippy, avant-garde type shit. But basically my thought is like in order to figure out what the next step is in all these processes when it comes to um, balancing you know, quantitative, how to track, how to measure quantitative, how to show data from a visualization standpoint in a way that... Um, you know, better helps non-data experts to kind of digest and absorb what's going on. Just taking that, like, language approach and just restructuring the sentence of what you're doing. I don't know how exactly to do that yet. I think um, getting drunk and maybe breaking the rules is a good start and just playing with stuff and breaking things and seeing what works. You know, just getting out of your own day-to-day is a good start. But how do we approach going about figuring out, you know, the thing that we don't even know we don't know yet? You know what I mean? It's always those things that get you. And it takes time to figure it all out. 
but I think just approaching experimenting with the process the same way you would take you know a, a sentence in English and then Google translate translate it to Spanish and then reverse engineer how that sentence has changed you know almost word for word or at least sentiment to sentiment if it's longer string of text um I don't know it might be like an interesting hack to kind of get us there collectively because we're nowhere near there yet but um I don't know. This language learning thing is always a trip. I've tried it. You know, I did Portuguese years ago. And I studied Spanish in high school, but not seriously. I was like, oh, you know, I looked at it as a chore back then. But I regret that for sure, sort of. Um, because now, you know, the, just the way I value languages compared to then is totally different. So I can't criticize myself too much. But anyway, I want to keep this short. And that is the thought of the day when it comes to data it's important but it's becoming a little mainstream becoming a little uh cringy when i talk about these companies saying our process is data driven informed decisions that stuff getting a little stale guys and i think the process of how we do things can be shaken up a bit that's all that's all i'm saying i'm not hating on anything i'm not hating on anybody i'm just saying gotta constantly mix it up like P90X, remember those commercials? Muscle confusion. You build muscle by not doing the same thing over and over again. Um, yeah, that's all I'm saying. So that's it. Hope you guys have a good one. Um, if you have any questions about this or anything else, hit us up at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com or at nrs underscore show on Twitter or Insta. Also, if you want to leave a review on the App Store, it would be much appreciated. All right, guys, that's it. My voice is still a little weak. Still recovering a little. Starting to get a little strained here, so I am out. See you guys next week. Thank you, as always, and peace.